this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from what I hope is sunny California by the one with the one and only Mr. John Sessa. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. What's going on with you today? Another crazy day at the Rescue Center, of course. I'm here in uh, West Hollywood at the Vanderpump Dogs Rescue Center. So we are rescuing dogs and we've got i hope you don't hear them in the background we've got about 25 dogs barking (laughs) wow no i cannot hear any so i mean especially if there's 25 they're really quiet good good so what have you been doing throughout quarantine have you been working like throughout the whole thing like was the center shut for a minute or well thankfully we were considered an essential business because we were rescuing so we were really only shut down one day or a couple of days when the pandemic really kind of hit And then we were shut down for about a day and a half when the riots were here, just because they were about a block and a half away from us. um, Oh, go on. Sorry. Oh, no, we we have been, I mean, thankfully, we've been open and we've been um, rescuing. The the great thing is, is that people have been home. And so a lot of people that have put off getting a dog now were rescuing. So when the first, I'd say first four months of the pandemic, so March, April, May, and June, we were seeing triple adoption rates. So we were thankful that we were able to kind of accommodate the people that wanted a dog. Just because what, like people are home and why not have an extra member of the family? Well, yeah. And I think a lot of people who traveled a lot for work or people that were lonely, you know, that maybe they were they're single in a one bedroom or something. They're like, you know, I'm, I'm home now and I normally would go to work and then go out to dinners with my friends and now I'm home. So I kind of want that, that, that furry companion. So we did see a lot of our adoption rates go up at the original part of, you know, at the beginning, but um, the things have been kind of stable now. That makes sense. Like if you're home during COVID alone, 
Don't you help. want someone to snuggle up to? Yeah. Kind of. I mean, that, that makes sense to me. Now, you're not from L.A. originally, right? No, I'm from a, a small town in northwest Indiana. How was that growing up there? Well, I grew up on, um, I grew up on a farm. We had cattle and chickens. And, and, and so I think that's kind of where the love of animals came from. So I really appreciate that. And now being in L.A. for the past 20 years, I definitely appreciate how I grew up as far as barefoot in the backyard. And, you know, and, and so it was really nice to, to kind of have that growing up. But I definitely wanted to hurry up and get out and, and kind of make my way into the city, which, which I did as quickly as I could. But like I said, I do think that that's where my kind of love for animals has, has, has come and, and originated with all of this. That makes a lot of sense. And why LA? Like, were you just always destined for some big city? Like, why not New York? Well, I tried Chicago and um, I really, I mean, I enjoy Chicago to this day. I love Chicago. I was totally intimidated at 18 years old um, by New York. And um, I met uh, like the first guy that I, that I had dated and he was in LA. And so I was like, all right, let me try LA. And I spent the summer here. Uh, I think when I was going into like almost the summer going into my 19th year and, and, and honestly, I was like, okay, this is where I should be. So I've, I've been here pretty much on and off ever since. And you love life in LA. Well, I mean, I love the, the, the people that I've, you know, I'm with now. And, you know, my, my partner, Lisa, and her husband, Ken, they have become a big part of my life. And, and really, for the first time, I feel like there's kind of a family outside of my family in Indiana, you know? So it's, and obviously having the rescue center, it, it, is a, a great foundation to, to, to be here, you know? So it, I definitely feel rooted and, and home. And I know technically I should refer to you as Dr. John Sessa. You have your doctorate. I do, yeah. Well, I have a, a doctorate in business administration. So uh, international business and global finance. That's good. I mean, did you, like, what did you want to do with that at the time that you received that degree? Well, it's actually, I was, um, I was finishing up my degree in Chicago at, at Argus University, and I was flying out to LA just because I would, and um, I, I met Lisa, and she, I'll never forget, we were kind of sitting around uh, at a brunch, and she was like, well, what are you going to do when you're done with your doctorate? And I was, I was working on a nonprofit in Chicago, and I, and I was thinking about what I would do, and she, um, Jiggy, her dog, had just won um, reality television's most famous dog, and he got this kind of gaudy gold collar and on a on a award she's like let's do a collar and leash line and so um we decided to do like two collars and they sold out on amazon and then we did nine and then we went into petco and it just kind of has snowballed ever since so okay so slow down where did you i mean you know these things might seem trivial to you but trust me the people listening want so where did you meet lisa like you met her traveling from yeah London? i know i met him i met her through um a, my partner rick and i met them um they would just hang out while i was going to school so i would fly out and and then we were just casual friends and then as i was finishing up my degree she kind of was like well what's the next step for you you're you're a smart guy. Let's let's see what we can do with you, and um, we just kind of kicked kicked around the idea of starting a, a pet accessory line. And so then, you know, we were out in the back of her garden, and she was like, "Let's just start a, a collar and leash line." And so I started looking at my connections and kind of getting samples and seeing the kind of direction that we wanted to go in. And um, we formed Vanderpump Pets, which is our for-profit entity, and we just kind of. Went from there, we started selling on Amazon and just kind of really, it was really organic. It was, we kind of want, you know, we're winging it. 
And um, then Lisa was, was looking through her Twitter and she saw that there was the Yulin Dog Festival. And she thought it was going to be something that celebrated dogs and that, you know, she was going to click on it and it would be the celebration of dogs. And it obviously was, you know, the torturing and abusing of 10,000 dogs over a week long period. So I'll never forget, I was on a plane ride coming from Florida at a pet convention and there were like 200 emails from her. What's going on? What, where are you? I need, I need to talk to you. So as soon as I landed, she was like, we need to do something. So um, she called Sharon Osborne, and we were like, let's do a PSA and see if anybody shows up to this march. And um, we ended up uh, closing down the streets from downtown LA to the, the Chinese embassy. And Housewives was, were filming at that time. So they followed us on the march. And I'll never forget, Lisa and I were sitting on the stage or standing on the stage. I'm like, God, is anyone even going to come to this thing? And um, because we had just put it out on social media, we really had never done anything like this before. And so 1,600 people showed up. We had 500 placards. Um, 60 police officer, officers escorted us um, to the Chinese embassy. And Housewives covered it. So there's like a five-month lag time. So I think we did that in October. And it filmed in, in February. So again, I was just kind of selling t-shirts and collars, you know, as I could. And I woke up after Housewives um, kind of aired us for about six minutes. And I woke up to uh, 15,000 emails. So I was like, okay, I think I need to take this seriously. So that's when we started the foundation. So that's kind of how the, the for-profit Vanderpump Pets and then the, the not-for-profit Vanderpump Dog Foundation started. And the for-profit Vanderpump Pets, this is just my own lack of knowledge. So that's really... Like, what is that? It's just like dog accessories and all. Because I mean, I think a lot of people confuse like Vanderpump pets with Vanderpump dogs. And I think a lot of people just lump them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vanderpump pets kind of really fueled Vanderpump dogs at the beginning. So right. the for-profit was built to kind of fund the not-for-profit. Um, and really, we were thinking it would just kind of be a small little movement. But now, you know, we're in seven different countries. We've got 47 employees. So now, you know, the Vanderpump Dog Foundation has really become a seven uh, country foundation. And then we're actually doing a, a launch in the next couple of weeks with Zappos uh, for Vanderpump Pets. And that's collars, leashes, carriers, basically everything Lisa would carry, but um, kind of at an affordable price. So yeah, so we've really, um, we've really kind of tried to corner the market with, with the dog and, and pet industry. And like you mentioned, like with Vanderpump Pence, you know, having never really worked like a traditional like desk job, like how did you got, you just kind of figured it out. Like you just faked it. Like, how do you know what you were doing? You just figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, I've had other businesses. I had um, a, a nightclub in, in Phoenix. Um, I started a nonprofit in Chicago called Organics of Chicago. So I had had, um, you know, dealings with manufacturing and, but they, I mean, Ken and Lisa have become you know, like family to me. So it's been, it's not been perfect. We've had struggles and, and setbacks and, but it's been really great because we've all gotten into this thinking this, you know, this is an organic thing and let's learn from our mistakes and kind of all just be a family. So um, that's how we've approached it. And, and really it just taking it one step at a time, but yeah, they've really had a lot of faith in me as far as just kind of saying, okay, here, let, let's do this. Let's go for it. When you met Lisa for the first time, were you just like, you know, listen, Lisa makes it look so easy, like always looking good. Were you just like, you know, I mean, you're a self-respecting gay man. Were you like, who is this woman? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that it's great the evolution of our of our relationship because now I've been 
um, close with her for like five and a half years. And so when I first started, I was like, Chicago. I mean, I'd been back and forth to LA, but I was like, I'd seen her, my mom's obsessed with her, you know, that, you know, so I was like, do not screw this up. This is a huge opportunity. And I just remember going to her house and I had all the callers, like all a lot, you know, in a range and I was stuttering and I didn't know really what to say. And she was just like, calm down. It's okay. Calm down. Um, but then, you know, as we've kind of progressed, now I see more of the Lisa that's, you know, her hair is up and she's cooking for me with a white t-shirt and dirty jeans, you know, and we're, we're collaborating with the dogs and we're um, just out, you know, feeding the horses and stuff. So it's become much more of like a, a casual, fun friendship relationship than the Lisa Vanderpump that kind of everyone, everyone sees. Was so when you first met her, just that timeline of it, like was that that was before Housewives? Or was Housewives already on the air? No, Housewives is already on the air, and she had already had her cookbook, and she already had her sangria and her vodka, so she was already really well established as far as a housewife was concerned. You know, so um, I definitely felt the pressure to perform and make sure that I filled filled those big shoes that everyone set forward for me. So. Were you, not even for Housewives, were you like at that time like a reality TV watcher or like are you now or are you just, you don't watch reality TV? I mean, I, I'm the kind of, I don't really watch TV in general. So especially getting my doctorate up until that point, I was kind of nose in the book. Um, I knew Vanderpump Rules and I, and I knew Housewives. And I remember my aunt had Lisa's cookbook on her coffee table. So that was kind of my, my biggest thing. I'm like, okay, this this is serious. My aunt has her cookbook, you know? So I, um, I definitely knew that, you know, and she was definitely out there. So I, I, I definitely wanted to, you know, kind of make sure that I, I presented myself in a way that she would, would take me seriously. Were you shocked? Like you said, like the Yulin dog, like that started through what, like Lisa found on Twitter and thought, like you said, it was something positive and then it just through just clicking through it. She discovered this was not positive. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a uh, a dog celebration called an in Nepal where they celebrate them. They give them flower crowns. They've got like this amazing thing that you know, amazing celebration. And so we were kind of following in suit of that and thinking, how can and we were just setting up our World Dog Day, which is an event that we do in West Hollywood uh, in May every year. Obviously, this year we couldn't do it, but it's about four to five thousand people that end up converging on the West Hollywood Park, and it's just a day of celebration. So we were trying to see different countries or different cities that had done something similar. And so she was doing some research and we saw that, oh, this festival's going on. And then when she clicked it, it was just a snowball. But I do have to say, you know, since then we've been able to, to write and pass two bills with Congress. Um, Lisa's been there th two or three times uh, to lobby herself at Congress. And, and just to see the momentum that we've been able to make, um, is so, I mean, I get chills every time I think about it, you know, and the passion that Lisa's set forth as far as, you know, putting your money where your mouth is and, and using a, a platform or whatever, you know, you're given to, to do good. And the fact that now we can call, you know, three or four congressmen, you know, by their cell phone, you know, and, and try and really get action done. It's like more people should be following suit in that, in that regard. And that's the thing, like, to your extent, to your point, like, not just the money, but regardless of whether, like, Lisa's still on a specific TV show, like, it is a platform that has done all this good. I mean, you know, that's kind yeah. of probably in part because of the show. 
Oh, 100%. And, and we thank Bravo and Evolution who produce uh, Housewives and Vanderpump Rules just because, I mean, it does take a lot of reality shows really don't delve into the political or into the nonprofit world just because, oh, well, why wouldn't you highlight everybody, you know, but they really supported us from the beginning and knew that it came from a really authentic place. So um, I, we're so appreciative. I mean, just like I said, in one night, we got 15,000 emails when we first started. So the platform was amazing and we still are thankful. And what is, cause I'm not so sure that everyone really understands, like what is the real, like what are some initiatives or like what is the real mission of like Vanderpump Dogs? Cause I mean, you kind of do a bunch of different things. Yeah, so we started internationally with China um, and then really delved in. I, I went over there, we filmed a documentary called The Road to Yulin, which is available on Amazon Prime. And it basically was my, um, was my journey over there, going to slaughterhouses, seeing the dogs, because we really, if, if we were going to put our name on something, then obviously, not that I wanted to go there, but we really needed to see it firsthand and really see kind of what we were fighting against. So I threw myself into the mix and um, we really wanted to, 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 to do that and then figure out what's going on. And then as we were on that journey, we figured out that there was such a need here in our own backyard with euthanasia in Los Angeles County and city 3,000 dogs a month are euthanized on average. So we thought, you know, if we can help and make such a big impact overseas, let's try and do it here. So Ken, uh, Lisa's husband, is always the guy who kind of pushes us out into, into the water and says, okay, let's hurry up and swim. So he ended up renting us a, a 6,000 square foot facility in West Hollywood. And basically we've just turned it into a puppy palace that um, takes dogs from high kill shelters, Vanderpuffs them in our grooming salon, puts them into our chandelier living rooms, and then people come and adopt them. What's the process of getting Vanderpuffed? So we have a, a really great grooming salon and an amazing crew. So when the dogs come in, a lot of times they're matted um, or they just haven't had a bath. They've got flea and tick issues. And we've noticed as, as kind of silly as it sounds, they do feel a difference when they're done getting their bath and getting their deep fleas and, and getting all that matting out. And then they kind of, go into our, our, our living rooms where they have a chandelier and they've got jazz music. And what we're trying to attract is, are the people that really don't want to go to a shelter. You know, it, it, they're not the, the best, most welcoming environment. So we tried to make it welcoming for everybody and kind of get those people that necessarily would go to a breeder. They, they're coming to us now. That makes sense. Were you shocked? Like, I mean, so you go over to China and were you just like, oh my God? life-changing. It was completely life-changing. I mean, not only to see the, the dogs being slaughtered and, and their skin being ripped off and, and the way that they're tortured, I also got to see what a lot of people don't get to see, and that's the juxtaposition of the amazing activists that are there. So I've been going there now for five years. I have an apartment in Guangzhou. I have a roommate there now. And, and I went from having this kind of um, feeling of angst towards the Chinese and just kind of blanketing their entire culture when really at the end of the day, it's a small percentage that are doing these, these terrible acts. So it was good to see the terrible part, but then now I'm kind of on the other end where I've got friends there and I've got activists and I'm seeing over the past five years, how many more people are now champions for the cause, you know, and, and they're the ones that I, I applaud because I'm able to come back here to my, cozy environment you know they're they're there living it 24 7 so um I, I have gotten to see both sides which has been amazing 
And how does like the road to Yulin film get made? You know, like you're there, like as far as access, like how did you get access to all of this? Like weren't people like, please don't film this? Totally, totally. Um, I think I went to 13 different slaughterhouses before I was able to film one of them. And so it, I mean, it was just kind of trial and error. And then as I was kind of doing my rescuing as far as stopping the dog trucks and getting them into a medical triage and making sure that they were kind of safe and, and to a, a hospital at the end of the day, that's kind of what the road, it, it, it travels and follows. So I just kind of was like, follow me over the next two years and let's make a 35 minute video that not only demonstrates the terrible part, but also shows the activism and, and, and the positive of it all. That so we hope sense. that we got that. It, the first half is, is kind of hard to watch, admittedly, but the second half definitely shows you the opposite and, and how, how great people can be. And eventually someone was just like, okay, sure, make it quick, just film? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. definitely. Well, we, all, we, we, self, we self-directed and self-made um, self, um, the whole thing. So Lisa, Ken, and I did. Wow. But yeah, we just basically hired film crews wherever we went and then got as much footage as we could. That, I mean, listen, it was, it was a great film. Oh, thanks. If there's ever been a year to make the dads in your life feel loved and appreciated on Father's Day, this is the one. My father lives close by in Connecticut. I'm in New York City, but he's in a high-risk category. So it's really, up to this point, been so hard for me to see my father. And that's why this year I'm honoring him with a heartfelt, sentimental gift that the whole family can enjoy and cherish together. StoryWorth. They're an online service that helps your dad, grandfather, father-in-law, every father figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal experience. It's a fun new way to engage with them, especially if you can't be together in person like me and my father. Now, StoryWorth is going to email your father a different story prompt every week. Questions like, what's your biggest accomplishment in life? What are you proudest of? What don't I know about you? StoryWorth has really helped numerous families learn so much about each other in profound ways. And listen, I'm not an emotional person, but reading the StoryWorth testament testimonials has brought tears to my eyes. And that's what I love about StoryWorth. I mean, personally, because I'm not really touchy-feely, it's helped me ask my father questions through this process that I've kind of wanted to ask him my whole life. Listen, there's no shortage of supplies when reading these stories. And at the end of one year, StoryWorth is going to compile all of your dad's stories, including photos in a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. So you're going to get this great keepsake book for free. Now, give your dad or the father figure in your life the most meaningful gift this Father's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash velvet. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's right, storyworth.com slash velvet for $10 off. It's a great way to bring your family together, especially at this Father's Day time. Storyworth.com slash velvet. And if you go there, you will get $10 off your first purchase. Enjoy. And so now that you, I think, you know, you have a point because the dogs get Vanderpuffed and you do have like a certain surrounding that like a lot of people that wouldn't want to go to a shelter would probably right. come in. Like, do you get a lot of that? I mean, like, you know, Beverly Hills, like celebrity clientele that comes in. We definitely, yeah, we definitely do. I mean, we've, we've had, um, yeah, Christina Applegate has, uh, Megan Mullally have adopted from us. Um, you know, we, we definitely get the, 
the, the, the celebrity clientele. And also the great thing is, is we get a lot of people that say, this is the first time I've adopted from a shelter. I've always gotten dogs from a breeder before. So we have made it inviting and, and we do. <laughs> it's so funny because we'll see these dogs that come from the streets of Mexico and they end up leaving in a Rolls Royce and like the top down with their hair blowing in the breeze going to their Beverly Hills mansion. It was, there's been a couple, I can think of three actually off the top of my head. We do home checks. Um, so we will go to the house or do a virtual home check just to make sure if there's loose wires or, or something like that. Uh, puppy proofing. And they have lived on private islands. And so they're like, um, well, we can give you a video of our home, but we're pretty sure he won't go anywhere because we live on an island. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it, we've had a great uh, response as far as dogs going from rags to riches. It really is like a Madonna or like an Angelina Jolie. Totally. Going somewhere and adopting a child. And it's like, you've just changed this child's life. 100. And the way that they're pampered. I mean, some, like I said, some of these dogs, we have a couple of poodles that were in a hoarding situation. There were like 27 poodles. He kind of treated them like chickens. He'd throw food at them. They lived in a, a, a pen. And now three of them, one's in San Francisco in like this $10 million mansion that like we get updates and he's getting groomed every other week. And it's just so great to see the, um, the stories. Do you, do you do the home visits yourself or that's like more of the staff? I used to. I mean, it, it, thankfully now, um, you know, we've grown enough so that I do have like a, a home check department and, and people that do that. But yeah, I mean, when we, when we first started, it was Lisa, Ken and I, and we had, we had two, two, two employees that we were cleaning up everything and making sure it was all, all right. But yeah, thankfully now we've gotten more people. Did you ever go to some of the houses? I mean, like it's Beverly Hills, you're around it, but did you ever just go to some of the houses? And you're like, this is obscene the way these people, you know, like in like a good way, like, oh my God. I wanted to be adopted by that. I'm like, can I? Seriously. I'm available. I'll just hang out right here in this guest house right here. <laughs> are you the type like living in LA and like as people have come in? Like, are you the type that gets starstruck or, you know, like, have you ever been starstruck with someone that's come in or just in general, like around LA? No, I think I'm honestly, just because I'm a nerd, probably I'm more starstruck when we go to Congress and just being in you know, that Lisa spoke at the United Nations. Um, we both have spoke um, at Congress about animal rights and just kind of being there and being on stage with Congressman Elsie Hastings and Congressman Ted Deutsch. I'm like, holy crap, like this, you know, I'm an Indiana farm boy now, you know, on stage with these congressmen, you know, listening to my... Um, oh, listening to listen, them talk. Oh, there you go, sorry. Listening to my, you know, my my story. So I think that's kind of when I've been more starstruck. Um, I've been in LA for 20 years. So it's kind of, um, I, I know it's a job and, and they do a great job at their job, you know? So as far as that, I, I admire them for that. But yeah, I'm definitely much more starstruck by the Senator and the Congressman, Congress people we're working with. That's a fair enough answer. Speaking of houses, like, were you just blown away when you went to Villa Rosa for the first time? Oh my God, I was like sneaking pictures the whole time. The first time I was like, every room at least it would leave. I'd like take pictures of the room and all the things inside. It's so gorgeous. And it's so funny because now that the pandemic has been going on, she doesn't have, um, you know, Rosio or like a lot of the Magdalena, the people that have been helping her. So she's turned into like a full-time cleaning lady as far as cleaning her house because she won't have it not meticulous. Like even if there's no help or, or anybody to help her 
So she'll, she'll call me and be like, I've been cleaning the house for three hours and I've been on my hands and knees. So it's funny, she's, um, she's seeing definitely how, how um, she used to live when she was living in France, being a house, housewife. <laughs> I think there were even pictures like on her Instagram or somewhere where she was like, look what I'm doing. And she was like on her kitchen floor cleaning. Totally. And, and like I said, she's still moving things around. She's still refurnishing. She sent me a picture the other day of her power washing her, her driveway on her birthday. I'm like, you are insane. And her Villa Rosa is just how you, one would picture it, like hanky and panky, the horses, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. You walk in and there's, you know, a moat on the right hand side. There's a pond on the left hand side with a bridge that goes over to the the house and she's been working on the the olive guard or the olive grove so she has like a brand new fountain in there and all this new stuff and she upgraded the pony stables this this past these past couple months so she's been she's constantly improving and yeah it's everything is impeccable and the great thing is is it's really all her design and her style she's not the kind of person that's like goes into a magazine it's like i want page 26 you know she's definitely hands-on and 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 designing she actually just came out with a new lighting line with um one of her friends nicolaine so uh yeah she's definitely hands-on when it comes to the the decor and, and it's a passion of hers. you can see it what do you think is like the most misunderstood thing about lisa you know she was on this show the public has a perception what do you think is like the most misunderstood thing um i would say the fact that she's uh, the, the diamonds and the and the glamour all the time and the diva you know I, I again I've I because I, because I had that perception of her you know six years ago before when I first met her I was kind of like okay Lisa's gonna be this glamorous diva dripping in diamonds and she is and she can be but at the same time you know she is the kind of person that will get her hands dirty is hands-on and I've personally come to her now you know with problems and or just things that I've needed and she's dropped everything to be a, just a genuine friend and so I think a lot of people don't get to see that kind of hair in a bun dirty wet dirty white t-shirt and and jeans and giving you a hug because you had a bad day and that's the kind of Lisa that like that I get which is which is awesome do you have a lot of people at Vanderpump Dogs that come in you know like the, the tourists you know like I'm sure it's on the radar of tourists that oh, come yeah. to visit LA now yeah, we call it the Vanderpump Tours. So they end up, they come into town and they go to surf first, always surf first. So they'll go there at night and then they go to Villa Blanca for lunch the next day. And then they come here around two to four. Then they go back to their hotel and then they go to, to Pump and, and Tom Tom. So yeah, it's like a, a three day crawl. It's the Vanderpump crawl. But we're so fortunate about it because, you know, all of it goes back to the dog. So we have a retail space that's all kind of Vanderpump mugs Vanderpump Dogs t-shirts and stuff like that. So 65% of our revenue comes from those people that want a piece of Vanderpump Dogs. So I'm really appreciative of it. You know, I'm, I'm the more the merrier. And are people like, where's Lisa? And I'm sure sometimes Lisa comes through and people go insane. Well, before the pandemic, she would try and come in, you know, at least three times a week and just come and pet with the puppies or lay on the couch and have the puppies surround her. And yeah, they, it definitely people are screaming and because they, they just want to go in there to, to see the dogs and, and see this, this chandeliers. And then when Lisa's there, it's like this crazy added bonus. So, I mean, even, even me or, or John Blizzard, who's our, our event coordinator, they'll even kind of be like, oh, we saw you on the show. <laughs> so it's interesting. 
do people confuse you and John Blizzard just because you're both named John and you were both on the show? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, they'll be like, are you John 1 or John 2? So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, did you ever think that you would be at the center of all the drama in one season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? No, no. I mean, when we got the news that the dog, um, that Lucy was in, in a shelter, it was like a, a Sunday, and we were filming that following Thursday. So it was kind of like, oh my God, now, now what? <laughs> so yeah, it was definitely definitely a shock. It, I, the, the plan was to just kind of have a, a very benign, fun shoot, you know, as, as an ep- first episode, first season. And it, we were thankful that, we, you know, we were going to be kind of the opening scene just, just to be Vanderpump Dogs and have a fun, you know, Instagram shoot with, with the girls and Portia and, and Kyle and Teddy. But um, three days before, fate did not have that, that plan for us. So. And, like, it's probably great for Vanderpump Dogs, you know, just to be on the show because, of course... Yeah, I mean, obviously, any, yeah, any, any um, airtime that we get, um, especially what I thought was going to be kind of a fun, positive light, uh, we were, we were definitely excited for. And then one sentence, it's Dorit's dog, she's with us again. I mean, one whole season is now about this one sentence. Like, that's, are you just, like, are you shocked more at, like, the way that TV works and, like, you were just standing there and this is now a thing? Well, I mean, for me, I am not a part of the reality world or, or, or that much, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, if the cameras are there, it's fine, but this is who I am and this is my life. Um, so I was just kind of really upset that one of my babies that, you know, I've, I've taken on what ended up in a, in a shelter. So I, I was just kind of uh, thinking along those lines. I didn't necessarily think that it would ensue a, a, an entire hashtag puppy gate, you know, that's, that's kind of crazy. But um, with, you know, with, with that and, and with Lisa's life, you kind of have to expect that that's going to come with it, you know? And so with the positive things about me saying that I woke up and there were 15,000 emails and it started our foundation, you still have to realize that there can be the negative drawbacks as well, you know? So I think that um, as much as it was great that we, sh- you know, shine a sh- spotlight on dogs and dog rescuing during the season, you know, obviously I'm hoping that people learned not to, you know, relinquish a dog to a shelter or that there are other op- options. And that's the thing. So like, there was a lot of talk, not from you, just in general, not even on the show about like, Dorit returned the dog the wrong way. So like, what is the right way if like someone takes a dog and then for whatever reason, it doesn't work out? Well, I mean, most shelters and, and rescues have a 100% policy. So if anything doesn't work out, bring it back to us, no judgment. Um, you know, I, I think with Dorit, I think that, you know, this was the second time that she was bringing a dog back or that it didn't work out. So maybe there was a little bit of, you know, she didn't want to bring back a second dog. Um, but um, I, I, there's no judgment. You know, sometimes a personality doesn't work out. Sometimes it, it just doesn't work out. So that's why we always say 100% of our dogs are welcome to come back at home with us, you know. So I think that that's the kind of attitude you, you should have. You know, and, it, you know, if this didn't work out, we tried to rescue and, and you know, that's the end of it, not, um, you know, trying to bring it to another shelter or something like that. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at Crocs.com. Just use the code SANDALS20 at checkout. That's SANDALS20 at Crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Right, I guess that's the key is like you bring it back to the, the shelter you got it from right. that's the right way and bringing it to a wrong shelter. And that's how it works. This is just my own lack of knowledge. Like you just bring it back to whatever shelter like that. Yeah, shelter. wherever you got it. Yeah, just where because, because obviously they, they're already familiar with the dog and they already have the records of the dog, microchipping, all of that. So you can just kind of trust that it's going into the, to the right hands. And then like, do people have to pay fees to bring it back or they just bring it no. back? Uh, no, you just bring it back and you sign a, a an owner surrender form and, and that's basically it. No no judgments or questions. And you had a person, didn't you have a personal connection to Lucy Lucy Apple Juice? Like, didn't you have her at your house for a while at first? Yeah, or- yeah. I mean, I have a, a nursery. So we, um, she was a baby from the nursery. So we, the, the first time that, that we adopted a dog to, to Dorit, she, um, it was one of our, our older Yorkies, which... Um, obviously when you have PTSD or whatever damages or issues that can, you know, happen because of that, 
um, we totally understand. So at the, the second go around, we really wanted to have a dog that we reared. And, and I have an agreement with the city and county shelters that when they have a mom that's pregnant, rather than euthanize the babies or the mom, they'll give me the mom and then I raise the babies to be eight weeks and then adopt them. So um, we've raised, I think, just this year alone, over 300 babies in our nursery. So um, that was kind of the impression that we would give her one of these amazing dogs that had never had a, a, an issue and, you know, it was a perfect rescue. And, um, but again, you know, obviously it, it didn't work out for her. Um, it was reared at, at my house. So I, it is a little bit more of a, a, a point of contention, you know, when you kind of have the babies since they were eight weeks old. Um, but, you know, again, like I said, I, it, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Do you have a favorite type of dog or is that like asking like a Lisa to choose amongst her kids? Right. Um, I, I always say uh, they've got four legs. <laughs> no. I mean, any, 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 any dog with four legs. I love the old bitchy chihuahuas that like have no teeth that bite you even to this day. I think for some reason those like I have my heart, but now I've got three dogs from the slaughterhouse and they are, are my life. You know, they, they, are so appreciative and loving. So do you see yourself ever heading down the Lisa road where like, you know, you'll have swans and ponies. And oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I just, I have a house in West Hollywood that has like a little tiny uh, pond and I just raised a, I don't even know what you call a litter of ducks that I found that was like <laughs> were in my neighbor's pond. And so I, I, picked them up and I've been raising them in my back pond. So yeah, I'm, I'm like halfway there already. I think. Wow. That's funny. Did you get caught up in, you know, you say you have like 15,000 more people like check in with you. Did you get caught up in like you're, you, you're, you're not on the show, but did you get caught up in like the online? Like did people come for you, which really had nothing to do with you. Like you said, like it's a legitimate business. And then there's this TV show that's being made. You weren't really part of the TV show. You were just trying to, I mean, were there a lot of the haters that came for you? Not really because of anything you did, but just, you know, this is how fans of the real housewives of Beverly Hills were. Oh yeah. And I mean, there were, you know, Kyle, Teddy, you know, Erica got in the mix, uh, you know, at some point. And so, you know, they all have a couple million followers or a million at least. And so um, there was an on an onslaught and a, an onslaught and a barrage of, excuse me, of comments and, you know, people saying that I just wanted to be on television or, you know, and then, um, you know, Lisa saying about uh, a, a spinoff show and then NBC announced that we're getting a spinoff show. And so it was kind of like, you know, all of these, um, different things that we did it for a reason, but really it was an organic thing that we really didn't realize um, was going to happen. And, and everyone was really all kind of hanging out at that time, right before season started. And so it really was just a, a matter of timing, you know? And so I, 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 you know, whatever it is, it is, but yeah, I definitely got a lot of, um, a lot of people that didn't like me for, for a while. How'd you handle all that? Are you just like, were you just good at it? Cause like, listen, a lot of people aren't even people that have been on TV for like years that are, you know, at oh, the that's Lisa when I, level. When I, when I mentioned that there was like crying on Lisa's lap, it wasn't because of anything that we were doing in Vanderpump Pets. It was definitely Twitter and Instagram and, and everything, you know, and she, um, I mean, like I said, she's, been like family to me so she just kind of you know helped me through it as far as this as good as things get you have to get these other things you know and so if we're saving lives and, and we're drawing attention and we're drawing awareness and we're re-imaging the shelter and we're passing laws 
you're going to get a few people that are not going to be on your side. And so as long as the good outweighs the bad, just make sure that you wake up every day trying to do good and you go to bed at night making sure that you did, you know, and that's basically what she's been telling me. And, and obviously it, it, it gets draining every once in a while because I got into this just to save lives and, and really, you know, try and get to do as good as I can. And um, to have people come for you is, 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 is hurtful. But at the same time, like Lisa said, and at least she reminds me is, is, you know, it comes with the territory. And so with the good that we get as far as passing the laws and everything, then you're going to get a few haters. That's, that's good advice. Yeah. From Lisa about online haters and people could be brutal online. Yeah. Talk to me about the spinoff or whatever, however you want to refer to it. But you know, there's this chatter about Vanderpump Dogs. Like talk to me about that and like what platform is that going to be on? It's going to be on the online platform. Yeah. Peacock. Um, it'll be on Peacock. Um, and again, we were supposed to be filming, I, I think, last July. And so with the pandemic, they don't want to, um, you know, be filming with masks and things like that. So I think we're just kind of on a standstill waiting for the governor and, and things to be lightened up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, thankfully, we, as you said, as you asked earlier, we really haven't been shut down. So thankfully, you know, now we've got our grooming going and our our retail has moved a little bit more online. So we set up kind of a logistics warehouse in the back. Um, and then our adoptions are, are up. So we're ready whenever they want to start filming. And I think it would be great, honestly, to show um, rescue in a different light, you know, and to show that um, it's a new generation of rescuing. And, and the way that we're kind of doing it is, is different. It's not conventional. When we were opening, they said, you can't have jazz music. You can't have shag rugs. You can't have chandeliers. They'll get hair all in them. And we did all of that and um, it didn't make sense, but it all seems to be working. So I'd love to, to showcase that. And who said that? The like city and ordinances? Oh, just in general, you know, oh. rescuers and people like that. You know, when we, when Lisa said, you know, I, I want to do shag rugs. I said, you can't do shag rugs. Dogs are going to peel over the shag rugs. And we want to have chandeliers above the grooming stations. And they said, no, you can't do that because it'll be full of hair all the time. And so, um, and we were just like, forget it. We're just going to keep doing it. And, and clearly the template's working, so. And where did the jazz music tie in? Oh, we just always have jazz music going. So there's like light jazz, so people can come and use the Wi-Fi or play with the dogs. And um, it's just a really light, fun environment. The employees that have worked here, because obviously LA and the world has been kind of an odd place to live in lately. And frequencies are off, negative energies, that kind of thing. And um, everyone's been happy that we've had the pink bubble, like we call it. So it's our little pink bubble of, of jazz music and, and happy dogs. <laughs> Do you think Lisa and or you would ever be interested in like franchising Vanderpump Dogs and opening it in other states? Um, I, I think if there's somebody that can kind of fill those shoes, but it definitely is a vibe and an energy that, that you need to kind of have. And it's been great to have Lisa here to kind of, teach me and, and be my mentor when it comes to that kind of stuff. So unless it's, it's, unless we have a lot of time with the person, you know, I don't, I don't know if it would necessarily work, but I mean, a Malibu, a sanctuary in Malibu, we'd love to, to do that maybe eventually. So we'll see. And like the vibe in New York, I mean, and the vibe in LA is different, you know, than other places. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I do think New York, I think New York could definitely use a Vanderpump dog, to be honest with you. You guys are right on the cusp. I think so. You can like relocate here for six months to open it, get someone up totally. to training and go home. Exactly. Or, you know, Lisa can come to New York for six months, whatever. 
I'm sure she'd love it right now. She'd love to go anywhere. She hasn't been out of her house since the 27th of March. <laughs> wow. So her and Ken are just really staying home. Yeah, I mean, Ken, with Ken's age, um, they really want to be careful. Um, she is doing a podcast right now, and so they're being very protected. They're outside, and they get COVID tested before they come over. Um, I've, I, I've been over there, I think, three times before, uh, you know, since. So, yeah, they're being, and they should be, you know, they're being really cautious. Have you talked to Lisa about her podcast? Like, how, how is she liking it? Well, she yeah, she loves it. Um, I mean, it's obviously really different because she's having a different, a lot of different people from different genres. So it's great for her because she's getting to speak to a lot of people that, you know, she normally wouldn't speak to generally on the phone on an everyday basis. So I think she had Steve-O, she's had um, Evan, Dr. Evan Anton, she's had um, a baseball player, um, and it's all different genres and all different topics. And that's, you know, she's really multidimensional, so it's really great for her um, to kind of get that. And so I, she's really enjoying it. What is Sharon Osbourne like? I mean, she, she was on the Steve-O podcast, so you just jogged my memory. You mentioned that you met her. She's so great. I mean, that, I mean, and that's the kind of thing that we called her and we are like, hey, we're really passionate about this thing. And she's like, send me the video. So we sent her the video of, of the Yulin Dog Meat Festival. And she called us back immediately. She's like, where do I need to be? I, I, where, what do I need to do? And, you know, it's been unbelievable having her support and she was like right out the gate so um and she's just as kooky as you would think she is you know I mean just like it was funny because I had never done anything like filming or anything like that and I was like Lisa Vanderpump and Sharon Osbourne I'm like okay let's just do it and we filmed this PSA and she was just so cute and cool through the whole thing but um yeah and her and Leona Lewis have been unbelievable Leona Lewis is probably one of our first supporters and she still continues to like reach out and whatever you guys need. So she's huge as far as that goes. Are you gonna? Are you and John Blizzard gonna be on like Vanderpump Dogs? Like I imagine you'll be a big part of the show. Yeah, I mean I'm sure everyone here will be highlighted, and 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 I think what they'll probably do is kind of really tell the story of the dog and have it be more about you know the dogs than the drama of the people. Um, but you know the dogs coming in, them getting Vanderpuffed them finding their home and, you know, them going off to see their forever home and kind of what the process that, that that takes to get them to that point. So meeting our groomers, obviously hanging out with Lisa a bunch, meeting the families and, and seeing what the families are, are, are like that we connect them with and just kind of seeing how they bond. I think it'll be, I think it'll be great for rescuing and, and just kind of rescue dogs in general. Maybe like a case of the week type thing, like a dog gets adopted, like more focused on that process. Yeah, 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 of course. And we have some amazing stories as far as, you know, transformations of matted dogs that come out looking like show dogs or, you know, dogs that are completely feral that have never had human touch or kindness to then being in a home where they're upside down belly rubs and sleeping in a bed. So, you know, and I think also when everyone's kind of going through this uneasiness and 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 this kind of 2020 it'll be nice to have this feel-good punctuation of of a of a light-hearted rescue so I, I definitely am excited for it I think so I think just in general reality tv there has been this minor shift towards like shows that are doing well are kind of more of the happy feel-good shows rather than the let's get yeah. into the drama so you're not going to be Vanderpump Rules for dogs I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> Have you checked in with anyone from Vanderpump Rules to ask for advice on potentially being in front of the camera? Um, I remember a while ago I talked to uh, I talked to Katie um, about it, and and 
she's just like, oh boy, you're on for a ride. <laughs> um, but again, I mean, it's so great being in this Bravo family or being associated with the Bravo family as I am, because up until this point, I really haven't been in the forefront, which is great. And they've all, they, everybody does watch out for each other. Yes, in front of the, the, the cameras, there's the drama and behind the scenes, there's still the drama. But at the end of the day, everyone is really kind of looking out for each other. And, and the fact that all the kids come to all of our events um, and support, walk the red carpet, they always say great things about the foundation. You know, I, I'm so thankful for them as well because they all have a huge following. You know, they all have a great following, a lot of supporters. And so just the more awareness that we can bring to it, the better. So it's, it's been amazing working with them. And like I sat down with Randall Emmett on this podcast yeah. and we were talking like, you know, it is pretty incredible that like you could start, not that there's anything wrong with waiting tables, but you can wait tables on that salary. And now you have houses and you have millions of dollars. So like, that's a pretty yeah. huge thing. Well, and, and Lala is a, an unbelievable person. Her mom is, um, it supports the Humane Society in, in Salt Lake City. And so she will help us transporting dogs back and forth or just anytime Lala is able to come in and volunteer and things like that. And, and it's great what, I mean, how, how applause to her. How great has she done with her makeup line and her podcast and, and everything. I mean, she's really killing it. So, I mean. She is killing it. Yeah, and to see everyone pregnant now. And um, I just, Bo came over yesterday to, I had a little gift for, for Stassi and her, her pregnancy, a little push present. But yeah, I mean, they, they really, um, it's a nice community and it's a, it's a good, it's a good set of a net, I call it, you know, for people to support us. Who are you closest to from Vanderpump Rules? Um, I mean, I'm close to everybody as far as when we all kind of hang out and when we're all in events and stuff together, everyone gets along really well. I'd say, um, Katie's the person I talk to the most, um, just as far as the get-togethers and, and pop-bys and things like that. But Katie and Tom, I'd say, are the ones that I, I kind of hang out with the most. Um, Lala, I do a lot of rescuing with, and she's here volunteering. So um, as far as that goes, that's those two are kind of the ones that I, I would say more of a regular basis. But whenever we all get together, it's all, it's all amazing. And Stassi's doing well. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's doing well. Um, and as far as I know, yeah, I mean, she's really focusing on on the baby. I haven't spoken to her. Like I said, I just saw Bo really quickly. Um, and I just read somewhere, I think Vanderpump Rules is supposed to be starting to film, I think, soon. Like, maybe at the end of the month. I hope so. You know, I mean, I hope that everybody gets to start filming. <laughs> How has Lisa been, like, you know, like, about the restaurants? Like, have Lisa and Ken been worried? You know, like, the restaurant, like, no shade. The restaurant industry in general is, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I think anytime you're used to, I mean, this is what their backbone is and has been for 30 some years, you know? So whenever that's, whenever that's kind of taken away from you, there's, there's a, um, a feeling of anxiety and then a point of pivoting, you know, but they are unbelievably smart people and business people. So as far as the pivoting factor, um, they're fine and, I, and they will be fine with it, but it just, you know, it's that setback and, and it's a lifestyle. You, they were used to going to the restaurants, you know, every night, you know, and that's kind of their way to support the restaurants is way, their way to check in with the employees and their way to make money. So um, it's definitely been hindered. But like I said, they're, I mean, they're resilient warriors, so they'll be fine. But um, to any, any change like that is, is painful. I think so. And it is, I mean, are, are they starting to reopen? Like, isn't Sir reopen to some extent? 
Yeah, yeah. So Sir is reopening, and then um, I know that they they're testing the waters, and and Pump and Tom Tom should be opening soon, hopefully. That's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, just just trying to get back to a some sort of a new normal, you know, and 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 figure out, you know, how we operate in this new normal. I agree. Did you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like the season of Puppygate or whatever you like didn't, to call I it? I didn't. I didn't watch. I didn't watch. I. I I stopped watching. I stopped watching after Lisa left. To be honest with you. So you watched it when when Lisa was on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I would want to keep in touch and and keep keep up to date on all of that. Do you ever run into any of those women just out and about in LA? Um, not really. Um, I, I you know I know a lot of them kind of live over the hill now. Um, as far as uh, Calabasas, uh, Encino, or wherever they live. Um. But yeah, I don't really, I don't necessarily really see them just kind of out and about. No, I actually, I saw Teddy the other day on Sunset um, and just kind of did a wave. But yeah, I mean, no, I don't really see them. Do you feel that like you're misunderstood? Like you said, like when you were first on the show, like people saying like, oh, you just want to be on TV. You just want fame. Like, did you get a lot of that from the haters? Yeah, I mean, and just, and you know, you want to be on TV or you want this or that or that, but really it's just kind of what they don't understand is that, I mean, you're reacting or your, it really is your life, you know, and, and that dog, you know, was a dog that I raised from birth. And so, you know, when cameras are right there, you don't necessarily think, okay, this is going to be puppy gate, you know, and I'm going to be talking about this two years later, you know, right then you're thinking, okay, I want to protect the dog that I raised in my nursery, you know, and, and that's really kind of all I thought. Um, but as far as, yeah, I mean, as far as being misconceived, I, I don't necessarily think, I mean, I'm, I am a passionate dog rescuer. So if, if, if that's how it comes across and that's probably right. <laughs> Which really, like you said, is the most important thing. And like, to your yeah. point, you're, you're not part of the show. So you don't expect that one comment of just standing there is actually going to be in the show. Yeah, and, and and I've filmed, honestly, I've filmed over the past five years, I've filmed so many scenes and so many parties and so many things that, you know, I thought were definitely going to, they would definitely pick up on or definitely would be there and, and they weren't. So whenever the camera, and I think that's probably where they get you, why, why it ends up being so good is because you never know really where the cameras are, what they're going to pick up. So you just kind of, they, after five years, just kind of block them out and then, you have puppy gate next thing you know. Seriously. Did you ever feel, you know, because that you were on the show there for two seconds, it became the whole season and yet you have, you know, this is your real job. Did you ever feel that like you were going to get in trouble by Lisa? You know what I mean? Like that this now is such a drama on the show, which has nothing to do with your real life. Were you ever like, Oh God, like, what did I do? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. We had so many arguments. Like, and that's the thing about our relationship is that we are in a partnership and she's because the, the, the stigma at the beginning was why would you kind of let your employee do this? Why didn't you reprimand him? And why didn't he get fired or whatever? But I'm, I'm her business partner. So it's kind of like a little bit of a marriage. So we kind of have to just talk it out, argue it out. You know, that Sunday before we filmed, Ken and I were having a huge argument because he's like, you can't say anything. PK's my best friend. And I'm, you know, upset about the dog. And then throughout the season, you know, obviously Lisa's having to deal with all the, the backlash and I'm not filming. I, as you said, it was, it was a couple lines, you know, and then she had all season to kind of have to deal with it. And so she's like, 
damn you, John. <laughs> um, and we definitely had those, those moments where she was like, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for this. But um, we work it out at the end. And at the end of the day, um, what we're doing is much bigger than Puppygate, you know, and, and we now have saved almost 2000 lives at our rescue center here in LA. We have um, almost 500 dogs in China, you know, and so uh, two bills in Congress. So those are the kind of things that we focus on rather than Puppygate. Right. I mean, that, oh, that, you know, I just, I just always wonder that, like, you know, you love, and it seems like, I mean, it comes across, obviously you just love what you do. You love your job. Yeah. I mean, I, I never thought that I would, you know, wake up and, and be doing this honestly. And, and, and to have the component of the luxury and the Lisa and the glamor and the Hollywood, which is a part of my personality, which I admittedly like, and then to have this philanthropic farm boy, you know, aspect, I feel like I'm combining both aspects of my personality and it's just been so rewarding and fulfilling. And I can't believe, you know, I'm almost, you know, 39 and I'm, I still have, my whole rest of my life to do this. So it's definitely exciting. That's amazing. What's next for Vanderpump Dogs? What's next for you? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, well, we're launching with Zappos on the Vanderpump Pets end, uh, launching on Zappos in two weeks. And so that's, you know, a huge thing because obviously, like I said, a big part of that goes back to the dogs. So the more successful that company is, the more dogs we're able to save. Um, we're so happy that we're able to push through the pandemic, you know, at 80% or so of small rescues, not only small businesses, but small rescues had to shut down. Um, even city and county shelters shut down for a while. So just to even be open um, this year, I'm happy and proud. And, and like I said, maybe a, a sanctuary in Malibu where we can expand and grow and, and really kind of get our feet wet in, in a, in a bigger way. That would be it. That sounds amazing. And like for everyone listening, I mean, you guys are open. Dogs are being adopted yeah. if anyone needs a dog. VanderpumpDogs.org. Um, we have a shop on VanderpumpDogs.org. So if you are in Indiana, in New York, in Idaho, you can order our stuff and 100% goes back to the dog. So if you want to support in any way you can, you can go to VanderpumpDogs.org and shop um, or donate. And that's where people keep apprised of also the Vanderpump Dogs Gala. That became a huge thing. Yeah, and, and fun. I mean, it was like a wedding. And the, and the great thing was, was that we, we really wanted it to be kind of like a wedding and a celebration rather than, you know, a boring gala or a black tie where you're basically someone's just getting you to put your paddle up the whole time. So it really was kind of um, a, a celebration of 450 people. A lot of them are our are, are friends and, and close friends and corporate acquaintances and um it just ended up being a really big fun way to celebrate so can't do it this year yet so next year yeah next year <laughs> and to your point all the vander kids go or most of them so yeah we and a lot of like you know the shaws of sunset go um a lot of the girls from um i'm gonna blank on the on the basketball basketball wives show um it's just been a lot, like a lot of, a lot of the Bravo people support Bravo people. So it's, it's nice to, to have a foundation where everyone can kind of come together one night and 
let their hair down and drink a little bit too much, dance a little bit too much. <laughs> That's fine. And where can we find you online also? Um, I'm Dr. John Sess on Instagram, um, VanderpumpPets.com, VanderpumpDogs.org. Um, yeah. It's a great cause. Like you are, thank you for chatting. I know you're very busy. Keep up thank the good you. work. I thank really you. appreciate it. Was it. Great to meet you. it was great meeting you. Keep in touch. John Sess to everyone. Take care. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at behind velvet rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the velvet rope on Apple podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.